0: So today, I come to you in camp out attire. We just, uh, about 200 of our community members uh, went down south to Black Diamond camps, uh, and they had uh, a wonderful time. I think this is our eighth annual camp, first time at Black Diamond, and I tell you, it was awesome. It was wonderful. The, The staff there served us, they have a kind of Marriott model of uh, serving their clients and customers. And so we just kind of got carried on all weekend and just got a chance to hang out and spend time. Uh, the weekend was about this, this piece of scripture, and so it was really f- modeled after, after the kids and really uh, created an opportunity for kids to show us adults what it means to worship, what it means to be at the center of God's kingdom. So that was a very powerful time uh, to be together, spending extended time getting to know one another and being community and being a community, again, to those kids, showing what, kids, what it looks like to be community, what it looks like to, to be together and to depend on each other. So that was a really significant and powerful time. So that's what we are talking about here this morning, and so I wanted to start off by telling all the kids, if you didn't get a children's bulletin from the door, go get one now. Get a crayon, and what I want you to do is to open up in the middle, there's three little sections, and if you need your parents' help, have them tell you what it, what those words mean. You're going to draw pictures about what you think that blessing, the blessing your parents just gave you, what it means to you in a picture. And then we're going to use those later in the service. So if you don't have those, I encourage you to go get some and uh, do that while, we, while we're here listening to this word. And secondly, um, uh, the, a lot of the, what this message is today comes, uh, it's, it was kind of curated by our family ministries director, Chris Lyons from Green Lake. So he, you know, we all get together on Mondays and we talk and we, you know, we kind of Share ideas. Well, Chris Lyons had a lot of significant ideas, so he I, he let me borrow a lot of what he uh, he wrote. So I appreciated that. But uh, he uh, is the director down there, Family Ministries, and just has a uh, just a great perspective on, on children. So that's the word today. So as we come here today, we are coming here uh, this time in the uh, in the year is graduation, right? And we got a lot of graduating folks, uh, seniors that are getting ready to go out into the world, lots of emotions and lots of anticipation, excitement, probably fear at a level, and uh, hopefully a lot of confidence coming into this new season and this great adventure called adulting. Now, adulting gets a little bit of a bad rap, uh, but, you know, there, there is a real trap in it, just maybe not in the way that you think about adulting, because being grown up, and expected to be self-sufficient and have it all together that has a dark side to it and one of those sides is that we are so prepared we are so self-sufficient that at times we kind of think we don't even need a savior certainly there's a call in scripture to be mature to grow but as our show our story shows us today some adults Full on miss the boat when it comes to the heart of Jesus and his heart to call us to follow. The word is giving all of us in the room, not just parents and kids, but all of us in the room, an opportunity to reset our understanding about who is actually leading who to the kingdom of God. Whether you're eight or 80, you're called to be a child of God, you are called to belong. See, scripture has this theme running through it that's really countercultural to how we regard our children. During the time of Jesus, and at a level even now, children were often not regarded as much more than property. Their value wasn't yet realized until they became productive grown ups. Does that sound familiar? But in the Bible, the value and worth of children is clearly communicated, like in Psalm 127. Children are a gift from God like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Blessed is the one whose quiver is full of them. And in today's story, we don't just find it in the book of Mark. We find it in Matthew, and we find it in Luke. And it shows just how significant this story is in Scripture. So the value and worth of children is clearly communicated in the Bible. But like many things, when it comes to practice, we kind of stumble. We stumble to live it out. In today's story, Jesus comes with a clear word about living out this value of children, about moving far beyond lip service of Kids Matter, to drawing in those young ones from the margins to the very center of our faith. These past weeks, we've been talking about the margins. Jesus drawing the margins of society to himself, loving the unlovable, touching the untouchable, giving hope to the hopeless But there's something unique about this story because the kids in the story are the marginalized. Yet, they're the ones who have a boldness to come to Jesus like none of the other stories we've had in this series so far. So that makes the kids very unique in being models to us of what it means to be bold in our faith. The boldness of kids shows us how to belong To the kingdom of God. And if there's any phrase I want you to kind of think about as we leave here today, it's that when children are allowed to boldly come to Jesus, they show us all how to belong to God's kingdom. Jesus shares three very clear messages to the kids in this this story. So, kids, youth, I want you to, to listen to what Jesus is telling you. He's telling you this: that one, you're invited that two, you are not a bother. And that three, you are at the center of God's kingdom. So here's how the story begins. The kids weren't really allowed to talk about spiritual things. The kids in Jesus's time were not really allowed to talk about spiritual things until they're about their teenage years. You've heard bat mitzvah. That is the point in which you are allowed to enter into uh, adulthood and begin to engage in spiritual matters. But when you're kids, you're not even you're not supposed to engage in those things. You're not even supposed to uh, interact with the rabbi. And so there was this, this sense of not being big enough to participate. It's sort of like the line at Disneyland, you know, like you got to be this tall to ride the ride, otherwise keep moving. That's, that's kind of what it was for these kids. And they, they just wanted to be big enough to come and see Jesus They've been told that they need to wait, but instead, very curiously, the kids find a way to be bold. The kids likely convinced their parents to bring them to Jesus because the truth was, bringing kids to a rabbi like that, that was sort of a social faux pas. I mean, it wasn't excommunication or anything. It's sort of a hand slap, like, you don't do that. You don't do that. But so the kids find the way to get their parents to bring them to Jesus because they're seeing Jesus as this miracle working teacher doing some amazing things. And they just, they want to be close to who this person is. But this is when the marginalized find out that in truth, they are on the outs. They are on the edges and they're not allowed to come close. Because what happens when the people bring the kids to Jesus the disciples rebuke them. They rebuke them. This word rebuke, it, it, it means to prevent something from going wrong. So when the disciples, these, these holy bouncers, these, these Jesus bodyguards, they stop the children, they're doing so to keep everybody in their rightful place. Jesus, important. Children, not so important. And what's Jesus' response this. He was frustrated. He was angry. He was indignant. But what's interesting is it doesn't say that he was indignant or angry at the disciples because we serve our Lord Jesus. He's graceful and he's loving. What What it says in verse 13 is that when he saw this, meaning the rebuking, that's what he was indignant with. So basically any action which prevents people from coming to Jesus, especially those on the margins like children, Jesus is angry with this. He's against this. And that's when Jesus gives his first lesson to the children. He tells them, you are invited. He says, let them come. I allow them, I give them permission. It's an open-door policy with me. Jesus was indeed open for business. He's rolling out the welcome mat. He says, make yourself at home with me. He's telling the kids, the ones who are not big enough to even talk about their faith, to not be productive like their parents, Jesus is telling them, you are invited because you already belong to me. You're already special to me. There's no proving necessary. You don't, it's not based on good behavior. It's not based on having a right attitude, anything like that. Come, you are invited. So what does this mean for us as a church, this, this first message? How do we actually communicate to our children, you are invited? Well, here's a few ways that I think we actually already do, but maybe we just be more conscious about what we're doing when it's happening. Like, we begin our worship services with singing, with our kids right next to us. This, in this way, I hope we know that when we're doing that, we're, we're displaying to our kids what it means to be worshipful. So we invite them in, we model them, we encourage them. And in like manner, when our kids are with us and they're squirming and they're wiggling and there's nonstop questions, we don't, we don't see this as disruptive, we see it as an opportunity to, to disciple. This is just life. When we're all together, we're not just performing up here and you're not just receiving out there. We're a community. So we invite our kids in and we, we, give, them, we, we give them that face time. We, we show them what it means to be Christian, to be worshipful. We rejoice at the baptisms of our young people and, and the dedications of children. And we take seriously the commitment that they're trying to make when they're trying to live out their faith, we encourage that, we support that, we give it words, and we support them. And we enthusiastically welcome children to the communion table, like today. Friends, we've got to stop saying that kids are the church of tomorrow and start living like they are the church of today, cherished and known by name by you, and by our Lord. Our Lord who says, You are invited. So he moves right to the second message. You are not a bother. He shouts at the disciples, don't hinder them. No barriers, no walls, no edges, no margins at all. This child is not a bother. He's a brother. She's a sister. The message version says, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. But friends, there are so many ways that our children are being hindered from coming to Jesus in our culture today. So many are deeply hurting. We've done so much safety for our kids, laws and seatbelts and etc. But the hurts of young people are at epidemic levels in other ways: anxiety and bullying, tech challenges and loneliness and depression. Unfortunately, the number one cause of death for our young people today is them taking their own lives. They face violence regularly, the fear of things like school shootings. Our kids are facing challenges beyond belief that if they feel like they are a bother to us, then they will not bring their problems and their challenges to us to interact with them to coach them, to love them, they will find other means that potentially are less resistance to find the answers that they need. So they'll find it with friends at school. They'll find it in media. They'll find it in social media. Any place that will receive them, they are going to find answers for their challenges. So let's do all we can to direct our kids' natural boldness to find those answers To direct them to Jesus and the ways of Jesus. This directing begins in your homes. And it begins in everyday conversations. And then it's hopefully reinforced here at the church through teachings. But I think where it's more reinforced is in the community. Is in the relationships. Is in being known. Knowing children. Talking to them and caring for them. Let's do all we can to not hinder them from coming to Jesus. And a way to avoid hindering is by proactively pouring into them. Uh, I printed a number of these sheets out. I put them on the usher table right out here. Uh, This is uh, from the Search Institute. This is a research group that basically their goal was uh, that to help young people grow up healthy, caring, and responsible. And so what they did was they, they went and started a big pool of what are all these ways that if we invest in kids that they will grow up in these ways. And so they, they basically took this pool of all these uh, uh, internal and external investments, they called them assets, and they narrowed them down to 40, 20 internal, twenty. External And they basically said, the more assets that your children have, the more likelihood that they will avoid high-risk behaviors, and they will, in, they will display thriving behaviors. So when this was being presented, the speaker said, if there was one asset that opened itself up into 30 other assets— would you want to know about it? Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And here's what it is. On this page, it's number 19. It's number 19, and it's this, the religious community, the faith community, the church. Basically, we, we are a doorway for our kids to engage and receive 30 assets that will help them grow up to become thriving, healthy, caring adults. We hold the key to that. And we can become aware of these things and become intentional about doing that so it's not just the staff that cares for your kids. You care for each other. You become aware of what sorts of assets you have that you can give away to your kids or other kids in the community. So it's not just about parents with their biological kids. We are the body, right? So if we are a body, then we have spiritual children. And we become carers and investors in the lives of other kids in this community. And so what that kind of looks like, that looks like this. What's that mean for us as the church when we have this mentality? What it looks like is like preventative care. When we are in proactively investing in the lives of our kids, then we are investing in preventative care. And when you're, when you're receiving from preventative care, you don't, the, the kids don't even realize the gift we're giving them because they're healthy. And they may not even know what they've avoided by not getting sick. And that's the kind of gift that we want to give to our children in this church. Our kids are the center, the model for us. And we want to invest in them as much as we can. And that's Jesus' third point. Kids, you are at the center of God's kingdom. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, and then he brought each into his arms and blessed them, the word says. The message says, these children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. So because of this, Jesus puts his heart for the kids into action, and he gives them, each single one, a personal blessing. In the Greek, this word, is a, this word blessing is a, in this scripture is a conjugation, and it's only used once in the New Testament. Nowhere else is this particular word blessing used. So we've heard blessing, that's all throughout the Old Testament, but this conjugation only once here for the kids. So the verb is eulogio, where we get eulogy, so to bless and to speak well of. But the, the the preposition before eulogio is this. It's this word kata. And it's a little unsure because it's only used once here. But this is the consensus of it, is that it's a fervent blessing. It's not just any blessing. It's a fervent blessing. In fact, it, it's a super blessing that Jesus is giving the kids. Who's heard of, uh, who's heard of Superman? Superman? Yeah. What if we just called him man? Would that be special? No, it's not special. You know, we call him Superman because, you know, he's super, right? And Jesus thinks the kids, you, are super too. So he wants to go beyond not just any blessing. He wants to give you kids a super blessing. So literally and physically, Jesus placed his arms around the kids, his hands on the kids. And with words of affirmation, he gives the kids the most fervent and super blessing he can possibly think of, placing them at the center of the kingdom of God, the center of what we're all about as Christians. That's what Jesus is doing in blessing these kids. He touched them, he blessed them, each one, every single one, it says, one by one. And he valued them at the center, not just with lip service, but with his presence. So don't miss this, friends. This is much more than a Santa at the mall moment. Do you think that these children, these parents, that they ever forgot that moment? No. Jesus treated those children like his own children. What parent doesn't want that? So here's the conclusion. Bold belonging is at the center of God's kingdom. When children are allowed to boldly come to Jesus, they show us all how to belong to God's kingdom. The blessing of Jesus, it's a, it's a lavish love. If we believe that Christ lives in each of us as his followers, then that is what we are called to do as well to bless one another, to bless our children. There is power in blessing in speaking those words. Children are looking for those affirmations. They're looking to be told who they are. And a word of blessing can stick with them their whole lives. So let's land this plane. Kids, do you want to know what we learn about from you about how to receive the kingdom of God, how to enter it, this is what we learn from you. Everywhere you go, you believe you belong there. Even if you don't, you walk in the room and it is your space. It is your place. And you find a way to make it fun and you find a way to imagine possibilities that we adults don't seem to be able to do anymore. Some would call this childishness. Some would call this foolishness. But what we are going to call it and call it in you is boldness. So kids, keep being curious and bold in your lives, especially in a relationship with Jesus. And you will show us adults how to grow young in our faith just like you. Because you, without even knowing it, are our models in the faith. Adults, we need to support and help our kids feel safe in this church and to believe that in fact, they do belong here. Because when they belong, not only will they show us how to enter the kingdom of God, but they will more than likely stay with the church after they graduate, after they grow up and can make their own decisions, they may stay with us. According to many research studies, kids who stuck with the church after graduation had five or more adults in their lives who loved God, loved them, and just gave their time to them. So that means that we, we adults, we need to take on the kids in our community as our spiritual children, all the adults, and not just the parents, All adults have something to offer to kids to be one of their five, to help them grow and believe in what God has done in them and who Christ is and believe in the church. Since we are the body of Christ, it doesn't matter if these children are our biological children or not. We are responsible for supporting and raising up the children in our church. So this can be formally in classrooms here on Sunday mornings. It could be in the commons here after service. It could be lunch. It could be connect groups. It can be family barbecues. It could be anything. All these ways we just want to strive to be one of the five in some of our kids' lives here. And this is not, I hope you don't receive this as, an ask for more volunteers. We actually need to get away from that language because we are the body of Christ. The body doesn't volunteer to take care of itself. No, we have owners. We have cultivators of what it means to to be a healthy body. So we take it on because we are the body of Christ. And we are intentionally investing in not just the church of tomorrow, but the church of today, our kids here and now. Some practical ways to do this are, I'll give you three. I don't know how many know this, but on Sunday mornings, there hasn't, I've been here about a year now, and there almost hasn't been a Sunday morning where I haven't seen one of the four classrooms have to be combined because we don't have enough teachers. So we push kids of a wide age range together out of practicality and numbers and things like that. Because we don't have enough teachers. Some of our teachers that have been, going, been serving here for a long time, they have an ownership mentality. They're not just volunteering in a classroom. They're owning a class. And they're saying, these kids, they're my kids. So that they volunteer once, twice, maybe every week, which is, which is too much. It, it really is. Um, but they own a the three-year-old classroom, and they say, these kids, they're my kids. I'm going to get to know them by name. I'm going to know the parents. That is loving and caring. So that is a way for you to be involved. You could own a classroom. You can love on some kids. Get to know their names. Another way is to look at this 40 uh, assets list and look at it and see what, what gifts and skills do you have that can, where you can bolster a particular asset offering here at North for kids? You all have different and wide life experiences, and some people don't feel like those life experiences add up to much, and when it, they do. They do. Kids can benefit and be uh, cared for through your life experiences, and maybe you just don't know how to put them to work. Look at these asset lists and and contact uh, Chantel or Pastor Anna, and there are ways in which your life experience can raise up kids. And finally, something to look forward to, we're trying to get this kind of, I guess you might say it's almost mentorship, but uh, Pastor Anna is calling it a been there, done that list. So like I said, all of us have various different experiences in our lives. And we may not think that they're valuable, like such as uh, going through your parents got divorced. You may not think of that as something that is beneficial, but right now there's a kid whose family, whose parents are getting divorced and they need someone to talk to. And you might just have been there, done that, and been someone who has, can bring value to that young person's life. So that's a forthcoming thing in the fall. I look forward to it. Been there, done that list. We're going to try and catalog the community and not just parents, or adults to kids, but, you know, adults to adults. We're trying to, trying to find ways to help our community love, to be the body, to be the body of Christ, loving and caring for one another so we, can, we may be healthy in Christ. This is what it means to be the church. So this morning, I'm going to call the worship team back up, and uh, we have a chance to uh, receive the body and blood of Christ. Uh, Today, I want to tell you about uh, Jesus, who, with his closest friends, he had a really special meal called Passover. And at the meal, there was bread, and at the meal, there was wine. This is juice today. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, but we, what he did at that meal was really special, was really unique, because he symbolized his own body in bread, and he symbolized his own blood in the wine. And so even though one of his closest friends was going to betray him that night, he still took the bread. And when he broke it, He said, this is my body, broken for you, even the one who would betray me. And every time you eat of it, remember me. And in the like manner, he took the cup and he raised it up to his father in heaven and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant or a new relationship between me and you. Every time you drink this, remember me. So today, all ages and all stages, we're all going to come and receive the body and the blood of Christ here today. We have two stations, this one here, where if you want to receive, come down this aisle and go around in a clockwork fashion. And then we have another one right over there to come and receive. So let us stand. Let us remember what the Lord has done. Let us remember that kids are our models. And kids, hold on to your sheets. We're going to use those a little later in the service. But right now, let us come. Let us come and receive communion.